0: Welcome to this episode of Christ I. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, Christ I. The reading for this podcast comes from Psalms 103, a Psalm of David, reading from the Christian Standard Bible. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. Are repaid us according to our iniquities? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are but just. As for man, his days are like grass, He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and in its place is no longer known. But for eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is towards those who fear Him, and His righteousness towards the grandchildren of those who keep His covenant, who remember to observe His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all His angels of great strength, who who do His word, obedient to His command. Bless the Lord, all His armies, His servants who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works, in all the places where He rules. My soul, bless the Lord. Thanks be to God for the reading of the word. In Jesus' name, Amen. We ended the last podcast and I read a little jingle by an unknown author through fulfillment, prosperity, through resistance, anguish. And I think that that's so true that as we go through our lives in fulfillment of God's purpose and will or plan for us, and that we cooperate with His plan for us in our lives, then we prosper in joy. We prosper in peace and love in all the fruits of the Spirit. Not prosperity and money and in wealth and things, but we are wealthy in God in what God has given us. Through Jesus. But when we resist His will for us, when we resist the things that He has asked us to do for Him, then we anguish. A lot of our anxiety comes from uh, just simply not praying. Not acknowledging Him and His ha- His work in our lives. In Philippians four six it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God." And we run around joyless like Martha and Mary did when Jesus was there to raise Lazarus from the dead. They were they just had no joy and they could only focus on the the fact that their brother had died and if Jesus had been there, he could have done something. But in reality, reality, Jesus is there and was always there. And he's still doing something. And the fact that Lazarus died was for their good. To teach them to joy in all things. And to show them that Jesus is who he says he is. And that even when we take him for granted. And forget that he is God. And we don't joy in that. He still is faithful. Because he loves us. And he simply wants a relationship with us. And in any relationship, if you don't return love, then that's not a relationship. Jesus has proven his love for you and I. He died on the cross. God proved that and rose him from the dead. And now he is seated at the throne of God advocating for you and I so that when the accuser comes before God and mentions our name Jesus is there to say I've got it I got him he's mine father she's mine father I've covered them and even when we don't return his love and how do we turn his return his love he tells us that we are his friends if we do what he says. And he simply asks us asks us to love God with all our heart, mind and soul and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. It's that simple. You say I don't love myself. Well, that you're wrong. You're lying to yourself. Because you feed yourself. You breathe. When you hurt, you take aspirins or you do something to relieve the pain. You do all that for yourself. You may not like yourself, but you love yourself. And he doesn't ask us to like anybody. He commands us to love our brother our neighbor as ourself. Not our brother, but our neighbor. That means whether they're Christian or not. Whether they're a follower of Jesus or they're not a follower of Jesus. In order to show that we are followers of Jesus, we show that by our love for our brethren and for our neighbor. Jesus died on the cross and he endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. When are we going to start joying and set his joy before us and endure our cross? In James 1, verse, chapter 1, verse 2, James says, Consider it great joy, great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may mature and complete, lacking nothing. We should have great joy in our trials, not because of them, but through them, because Jesus is with us in them, because we know that God is testing our faith. And when we, in faith, show great joy in our trials, That will produce endurance. And that endurance is the same endurance that Jesus endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You can't endure your cross without joy. You cannot endure your trials and tribulations without Jesus. Without the joy of Jesus. And that's a choice. We talked last time that it's a volition. You have to decide to joy. And he says, now if any of you lacks wisdom, in verse 5, he should ask God. So if you are having trouble with joy, ask God. Pray without ceasing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That's how we joy. So if we lack wisdom, we should ask God. And Jesus says that if we ask in His name, God, those things are the things that God wants to give us. He wants to help us in our trials. He wants to help us to joy. He wants to help our faith. He wants to strengthen us and help us to stand firm. He's a loving Father. I remember many years ago, one of my daughters, when she was about two years old, she had a herniated gill, and it became an emergency situation where we had to rush her into the hospital because it was about to burst. And I remember as she was lying on the gurney, and they've got, they've put all these needles in her hands, and and she had fought that. She had already had taken them out once, you know, pulled them, and she was just scared. And, and I could see the fright and the look in her eyes like, Daddy, Daddy, don't. Let them do this to me. She didn't know why it was happening. But me and her mother did. And it hurt to have to let her to go through that. And then we stood at the doors. They wouldn't let us go into the operating room. They had to take her by herself. And she started, she was screaming. And I could just, it just tore my heart out. And she had no clue what was going on. She just knew that she was in pain. And everything was falling, it seemed like everything was falling apart around her. These people she didn't know were doing things to her that, and wasn't her daddy supposed to help her and save her? Well, I didn't have the power, I'm only human. But I had to trust God that God would work in the hands of the doctors and the nurses. I had to put my faith in God for her. Because she had no faith. She just had pain and no understanding. But you are not a child. To grow up. And realize that the things that the trials that are in our lives, the things that come into our lives aren't necessarily Because we're stupid, we make stupid decisions or we do uh, wrong things. But sometimes they're there and most times they're there because God is working something either in our lives or in the lives of someone around us. So I may be enduring a trial or a tribulation or something that doesn't feel good or doesn't feel right. Because God may be working something in someone's life and He needs me as a tool to use that. I have to be willing to be used as a, a tool in His tool shed. Think of a tool shed with all these different tools. you got hammers and chisels and saws and, and, and scrapers and sandpaper and all these different tools in this craftsman's tool house. And when he needs some something to pound with a hammer, a big hammer, he uses a big hammer and he bangs on something or he nails something in. But then sometimes he needs this finest sandpaper to just make a fine, soft sheen on a piece of wood. Well, we are God's tools. The hands and feet of Jesus for Jesus in this world. And for God to accomplish all that He is to accomplish glory. We have to be willing to be used as He sees fit, not as we want to be used. sees fit to use us. He is the potter, we are the clay. We cannot turn to our Maker and say, Why have you made me this or that? In Isaiah 29, Verse 13 says, The Lord said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with their lip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. Therefore I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The wisdom of their wise will vanish And the perception of the perceptive will be hidden. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in the dark and say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You have turned things around as if the potter were to the same as the clay. How can what is made say about its maker? He didn't make me. How can what is formed say about the one who formed it? He doesn't understand what he is doing. We need to find consolation in the fact that he uses us and joy in that. And you say, why? Well, the why is because he has so great things for us. Once his plan is accomplished here, then we will be in eternity with Him forever. And those plans don't include anything that has to do with sin, with anger, with frustration, with anxiety, with pain. All that is going to pass. And in, the, and in that future, in the eternity, everything that comes our way or through us or for us or by us will be for glory. And glory unto not only Jesus and God, but glory unto ourselves that we have proven and we have finished the race that God has set before us. We must look to the joy that is set before us to endure our cross. James goes on to say in chapter 1, starting in verse 19, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this, everyone should be quick to listen, and slow to speak, and slow to anger for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness therefore ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer He is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, His religion is useless and he deceives himself.